Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co, and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, Finding Fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding Fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility. But what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm super excited to have Jessica Lorian on today. Welcome. Thanks, lady. It's so nice to see you. It was great to have you on my show, and um, it's just really a pleasure to be connecting with you and a community that is near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Well, just give us a little bit of your background. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, ironically, I'm not yet a mom, um, but I love the mom community, the fertility community, um, the, a space for women to be supported by each other and with each other going through this challenging time of beginning our journey into and through motherhood. Um, and I am not yet a mom because of an autoimmune disease that I have. It delayed my journey in and through motherhood. Um, but in that time, I decided to focus my energy in a way that would give me life and positivity. And so I started a podcast called Mamas in Training to learn everything that I could um, while I was in this period of waiting. And in addition, I live in New York City. I am an actor, voiceover artist, uh, choreographer. I do a little bit of everything, all the jobs, all the, all the balls I juggle. Um, but it's essentially boils down to being a creative and somebody who loves to build and create community. Yeah, I think it's so amazing because I would um, go out on a limb and say like 100% of people listening to this right now, dealing with um, creating the family of their dreams um, is probably a little bit shocked that you would want to dedicate so much of your time in a space that might be hurtful on the heart. Yeah, you know, I, I will preface this whole thing by saying I was not even allowed to try to conceive for years. And so I have never personally gone through a loss or, or gone through a period of trying to conceive and struggling, dealing with infertility. However, I have had to deal with just like a forced period of waiting where if I were to get pregnant, my doctor said that I'd actually like have no choice but to get an abortion. It would be too risky for the, for a fetus. So, um, yeah, I mean, my perspective was a little bit different and I didn't go through a certain level of heartache that I know many of your listeners have struggled with, but I think that's what gave me the opportunity to feel like I could dive into something like this. And for me, you know, people, I think, go to one perspective or, or the other, you know, they either want to not even think about it and go far away from it, or they're like, okay, well, let me dive in and learn. And that's kind of the route that I took. Um, for me, it ended up being a positive thing for my mind and my heart. And I'm, like I said, I'm all about community and learning and supporting from each other. And 
in supporting other people through this, it helped myself in my own period of like healing. So um, for me, that's what worked. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not someone who is like, I like the word is on my mouth is judgmental. Like I don't think journey should really be compared, you know, heartache is heartache, you know, someone, you know, like we don't have to compare journeys, but what I think is really important is that mindset, right? Because when you get a diagnosis like that, that's like super extreme, right? And so I think it's um, like on par of like me being told, well, you have unexplained infertility. There's nothing you can do about it. Just deal or just do more IVF or all that, you know? And instead of taking that diagnosis and going, well, that's my fate. Um, I like yourself, I'm like, okay, what can I do that the doctors right. just haven't chose to discover yet? Because that, mm -hmm. the stuff that we're doing is readily available out there and it is a choice. You get to choose whether you listen to the doctor, you know, respect them obviously for their wisdom, but you can disagree with them of like, okay. Well, during this time, why I figure everything out, I'm going to set myself on a road of positivity and not that there's not going to be setbacks and anger and sadness and loss, but you still have this focus on that's where I want to go. You know, not, not over here. I don't want to be sad and miserable. I don't want to just like um, play victim mentality to a diagnosis that, um, may or may not even be true right? <laughs> in a year's time, in two years time. Okay. Maybe it's true right now, but what we know is that you can dramatically change that. Absolutely. And I think it's in hearing stories from each other that we can kind of lift each other up and have the confidence to advocate for ourselves and mm -hmm. to change those stories and know that, we don't have to take that answer to be, you know, what it is. Um, and for me, it was pretty much the answer of like, well, you're going to have to be on this medication. And when you want to have kids, we'll switch you over to another medication. And I was like, I'm too nervous about all these dang medications. Like I'd, I'd rather not be on a medication and just see if I can heal my body and it'll be strong enough as it is. Um, and that's the path that I went on. And it's, it's really fun to be on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And have you found that in, you know, your multiple amazing physical um, jobs that your life has actually improved by taking that route? Oh, yeah. I mean, 100%. I think ultimately, you know, so my autoimmune disease started when I was very young, like, well, not very, but um, it was about 11 years ago now or so. I was on a national tour as an actor of Beauty and the Beast. I was traveling the country in Canada. And um, it was an opportunity in my life that was, you know, I was, it was in a great place. I was in like the highlight of my career. Um, was I really taking care of my body from the standpoint of what I was putting in it? No, but I was in great shape because I was, you know, working out daily. But I think what it ended up doing is as I moved in into my 30s and into a time where I really, it forced me to really think about what I was putting inside my body, 
how I was managing my stress, which I can always still get better at, <laughs> um, how I was working out physically, what that meant to me. And now I feel like because I put myself and my body first and my future child first, I was, I'm, I'm at a place now where I'm the healthiest I've ever been and yeah. the strongest I've ever been physically. Um, once again, like mentally, you know, we always got to work on that. It's always, it's always a process, but I for sure would not be where I am now physically on, on the outside or the inside if I hadn't made that choice and gone through that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, when you're kind of faced with those physical things, um, especially for you, I mean, your career really, you know, it mattered, right? Yeah, <laughs> right? Exactly. And for most people like physical, they don't understand that if you let this autoimmune diagnosis just continue on and not try your best to help reverse what can be reversed is that it's just going to deteriorate even more. Right. And I would even say like kudos to your doctors telling you that pregnancy is one of the hardest thing on a woman's body. Um, and if you, you know, don't take care of yourself, you know, there's a lot of shit that can go down. And we're yeah. seeing it now within the community. A lot of people who don't have maybe as severe, you know, medical issues, or maybe their doctors aren't aware of like, hey, your body's really gonna kick your thyroid into overdrive. It's already struggling. Let's make sure we're, you know, doing some things naturally to help you so your pregnancy is happier and healthier. And I think it's a big epidemic for a lot of women because they're just so heavily focused on those two pink lines. I just got to get pregnant. Right. Everything will be fine after that. And yeah. um, the stark reality is that for a lot of women, it's not, and it gets yeah. worse. Well, and I think that's kind of the opportunity that we have here. If we want to look at it as an opportunity, because when we are faced with a period of waiting, like I was in, or any type of fertility challenge, if we look at it as an opportunity to get ourselves as healthy as we can, it's mm -hmm. only going to benefit your actual pregnancy. It's only going to benefit your postpartum experience and postpartum recovery, both mentally and physically. And this isn't a conversation I'm having about like getting, you know, back to your body or anything mm -hmm. like that. I hate that terminology. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying getting to a place that you feel you know, you're, you're, you're nourishing your body with good things. You're making that a priority when you're postpartum, you know, as opposed to always, of course we have to put our baby first, but like, we also have to put mom first. We mm -hmm. have to put the birthing person first. And so making sure that part of your postpartum plan, A is to have a postpartum plan and B is to also like figure out how am I going to get taken care of? How am I going to get the nutrients that I need? How am I going to get, you know, my space cleaned so that my mind is clear? Because I don't know about you, but I need my space to be clear for my mind to be clear, you know, um, and how am I going to maybe have things set up like, like therapy or other types of community that can give me that support. And these are things that we can get into place now before we even get pregnant um, to really set us up for a level of success that I think we take it we take for granted, you know, and mm. even the people who do have the opportunity to get pregnant naturally, easily, quickly, um, 
yes, maybe that part of their journey was easy for them, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have an easy pregnancy. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be set up for postpartum in, in the best and smoothest way. So I just, I like to encourage each other, you know, during this time, if anything, take it as an opportunity to really figure out how you can set yourself up for success for the future. And it's hard because it's not tangible, right? Absolutely. Before we start getting into that conversation, I would like to see, just pick your brain. And if you don't feel comfortable answering, like, please don't. Um, With my personal experience with my autoimmune issue, um, the work that I'm doing now with the subconscious mind and emotions and all that, I can actually pinpoint a few different things that um, mentally and emotionally help contribute to the physical manifestation of my autoimmune issue Mm. and working with clients. That's one of the things that I try to bring out too, because what I've noticed is that you can do all the physical things, right? Go autoimmune paleo, do the meditation, the yoga. Like I literally cleared my autoimmune issue, got pregnant naturally, didn't have any symptoms for over two years. And then motherhood brings a different level of WTFs Mm -hmm. and my issues started coming back. Even though I was really strict with my diet, I knew what supplementation to use, you know, like I know all these things. Mm -hmm. And so it obviously opened Pandora's box of like, well, this just isn't a physical thing. And then as we, you know, the more you study in, in this, and I can actually help my clients now pinpoint where this autoimmune immune issue actually started and then the physical stuff like the diet and the stress levels obviously just your genes are like okay I gotta deal with that now Mm -hmm. do you see that in your own journey well it's a little bit interesting I think because it started at a moment when I look back because I was like where did this come out of came out of nowhere yeah it definitely came from a place of a lot of stress in terms of my career I was kind of burning the candle at both ends for sure. Um, And then once it started, it really just was like an Acela train. It just really like took off. Yeah. So it was never really much of a fluctuation. I went from, you know, having a couple of spots. So I have psoriatic arthritis um, or I want to say I had psoriatic arthritis. Yeah. Um, So I, it started off with a couple little spots the spots grew and grew and grew till I was completely covered from head to toe. So the spots never went away once they started. Then I was completely covered head to toe, complete severe case. Like I looked like a monster. I looked crazy. It then turned into after taking some medication, getting the arthritic pains. So I started developing arthritis around my ankles and feet um, and a little bit on my knees And then I also got something called vasculitis, which was a swelling in my blood vessels in and around my feet and my ankles. And so it was just kind of like one thing after another to the point that I couldn't walk. I had to buy a cane. I was in so much pain every week, every Saturday. And it wasn't until that point that I had seen a doctor and they put me on medication that the medication really kind of halted something that seemed to be exploding. Um, and so I never really had the variable there. And afterward with being on the medication, it was fairly controlled. 
Now I can say, so to kind of uh, give away the, the point of the story here, um, I was on this other medication for, gosh, I mean, eight years or something like that. And then it was 2019 that I decided decided to take this journey of healing myself from the inside out with food and clearing my mind and everything, went on a very strict diet and then eased my way off of the medication that I was on until it was just this past December, um, 2022 that, uh, I'm sorry, 2021, that I was completely 100% medication free. So I would say within this past year, now being off of medication, still, I guess, having, you know, my autoimmune disease in my system, but not really having or seeing symptoms frequently, I have noticed that in moments of intense stress or, you know, something that I'm going through that's just really heavy, uh, I have noticed the, the two times that I had a little bit of uncomfortable feeling like the mm-hmm. arthritis was potentially coming back was surrounding a moment uh, or two moments like that. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, knock on wood, it's, it went away and it hasn't affected me. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that's like to my point of like when we're dealing with these autoimmune issues and we found this amazing success physically um, and then all of a sudden life right. happens, Absolutely. right? And it triggers whatever's in there genetically mm-hmm. to express that again. Like my kind of path now is to see if the mental and emotional stuff that helped contribute, whatever those things were, um, like just for instance, like um, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. Um, I have two beautiful, amazing parents, but they grew up, you know, in the 50s, 60s, right? Mm-hmm. They were neglected. So they didn't know how to love me type of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so they say that when you're emotionally neglected, you don't have very, you know, a lot of memories. And so, um, you know, my healing journey has been unique, right? Because a lot of people can kind of go in and like pinpoint certain things. And I've done as much as I can. And my husband got really pissed off at the kids one one night, rightly so. They were being little shits, you know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> sometimes he gets to a level where it's a little bit unacceptable for me. And I was sat on the stairs. I could feel the tension rising. And then he snapped. And my, what I call sign, a sign of an ulcer, because that's the only thing I've really been diagnosed with, it flared like I've never felt it flare that instantly. And then that's when I had confirmation that it was a, in a mental and emotional sure. response now. For sure. And so that's been really interesting to start exploring of like, okay, I can do all these physical things. And I think a lot of people get frustrated with their journey. Like I'm doing the physical things, I'm doing right. them. And it's like, yeah, but there's this other aspect that no no one was teaching us about that our mental and emotional store and manifest into physical things over long terms. And if you don't get to that root cause of that with fertility per se, it might just be a little bit more of a struggle because that's your missing link. Yeah. Right. There is this amazing book that I'm reading right now. It's called how to do the work yeah. by Dr. Nicola Perra. Have you read it? Nice. No, I haven't actually, but I've heard of it. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. And it dives a lot into what you're saying, especially in terms of 
you know, that connection back to our childhood. Um, and, and what it brings up for me is once again, this opportunity, it's like, yeah, we're going to prepare our, we could prepare if we had, you know, if we chose to, to prepare our body and to prepare our mind, but we can also do this work of having these tough conversations, whether it's with ourselves or with our partner, you know, like what are, what type of mom or dad or, you know, parent do you want to be? What type do you don't want to be? You know, like all these conversations that I think can be really heavy and deep. Um, but there's a lot to uncover there that often we don't. Um, so this potentially is an opportunity to do that type of work too. Exactly. I mean, the, the listeners have heard me say several times that, um, you know, I wouldn't be the mom I am today if I didn't, wasn't forced. Like you say, you have this waiting time, um, whether you chose it or not, this is a time of waiting and you can be very productive And um, even the work that I did do before I became a mom wasn't, I mean, it was enough to get me conscious enough that when I started getting really triggered by my kids, that it wasn't my kids, it wasn't their crying, it was all the stuff I had never dealt with and stuff I never knew I needed to deal with, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of us just walk through life feeling fine or you know it's not until we get this extreme diagnosis that puts us down that we even have to think of food diet yoga meditation inner trauma you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. um it's a blessing and a curse all at the same time yeah absolutely yeah and I think giving yourself the opportunity to uh, one thing that I'm really really big on is community yeah. And finding your community. Um, I actually did an episode um, on my podcast, Mamas in Training, where I called it Finding Your Mom Squad, um, just because I heard that term somewhere and I loved it. But it, it can be any type of a squad you want, your support squad. Um, but I think it goes deeper than just, you know, what we might commonly think of as our friends and our family. Um, I think it's really, you know, especially when we're dealing with something like fertility or a period of waiting there are certain people in our life that we can call on for certain things. And there are other people that maybe we won't, you know, for example, I have my one girlfriend that if I want a prayer, I will call her. (laughs) If I want another girlfriend to just make me laugh and feel like the sun is shining again, I'll call her. Yeah. And then if I, you know, have another girlfriend where like, I really just need to dive into some hard, deep conversations, I'll call her. Um, And I think it's important to really, understand the community that you have both immediate like friends and family those other maybe a step away more specific friends and family it's like okay these people for these things those people for those things and everybody holds a spot and a very valuable spot in what you need at any time and then also like third-party community which I like to call um, you know your Facebook groups your online support systems your fertility, you know, groups, your meetups, all of these different things with strangers, because I think it's important to in order, in order for us to feel seen and to feel connected and supported fully. Um, You know, like when I was looking for support throughout this time, there really aren't that many places for people who maybe aren't even trying to conceive, but they're in a period of waiting. And just like me, they are a mama in training. They just want to learn. It's not that you know, you have tried to conceive for a certain amount of time or any of these things. Um, So that's why I 
created my Facebook group Mamas in Training because it's just kind of like a catch-all. You want to come and you want to learn about motherhood. You want to observe what other people are going through so you can learn before come. If you're expecting, great, that there's a place for you too. Or if you're a seasoned mama and you want to support somebody else, great, come and be supported. Um, but finding those places that resonate with you and make you feel uplifted, um, especially through times like this is really essential, I think, to just keep us grounded and, and keep yeah, us Yeah, exactly. Forward. I think too, it's like the mind sharing community. You know, mm -hmm. someone says like one sentence and it can literally just change your whole life, like something you never thought of and yeah. you can really start investigating. I mean, my community, when I was going through everything, because I mean, Instagram wasn't even invented, mm -hmm. <laughs> showing my age, um, was podcasts and they weren't even fertility podcasts or mom podcasts. They were just general health and wellness and that's how I started piecing things together. They would say one thing and it would resonate so much with me. And it was like, okay, well, I need to start like I, one vivid one is like, I need to start eating slower, <laughs> yeah. you know, like just silly little things. Yeah. Um, so I definitely agree too. with you. Yeah. That's the beauty too about podcasts, because I know, um, you know, for me, for example, like I wouldn't necessarily want to be sitting on the subway here in New York City reading a book about fertility or about, you know, pre pregnancy or birth or whatever, because, you know, people ask questions and I just don't want to get into it. But you put your little earbuds in, um, you do your cleaning, you do your cooking, you do your exercise, rock, whatever, um, and you're able to kind of dive into things. And, and it's also... I think I want to encourage people to like this opportunity, this time, this period of waiting, you know, it's a great time to do this type of research and, and just knowing what you do in vision. Um, there's so many things that we do have the opportunity to have control over, um, or I should say have, have our say um, that we often just take for granted and think like, oh, our you know, OB down the road will let me know about that, or my doctor will let me know about that. But you can listen to an episode on all different types of things and, and know like, oh, okay, well, when one day when I do become pregnant, let me learn just quickly about a C-section in case I have to have one. Um, oh my God. Yeah. You know, all of these things. Yeah, it's like <laughs> This is from someone who had two emergencies and did not do a lick of research because I was not having a C-section. Right. Right. And, and I, it's, not yeah. like, it's not like fully research, you know, you just let it seep into the brain, keep it somewhere in the back, filed away. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's just really important to focus your energy on what you want and then have that knowledge behind you that when shit doesn't go your way mm -hmm. <laughs> um that you have that backup knowledge um I think the the main thing too is um you know the community like you say and then the inner trust I think you have three steps don't you what are your three steps uh what we've touched on basically all of them so far advocacy so that's yep. kind of how we started off actually um you know encouraging each other to advocate for ourselves um planning and preparing, which is what I just spoke about in terms of, you know, learn all of this information if you can, and don't necessarily judge the information that you're learning based off of what you think you might want or desire mm -hmm. or might have. Um, and then community and setting up a place that you can really feel supported 360, you know, in every situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think the only thing that I would add to that to make your ad 
advocacy stronger is that inner belief, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's where a lot of us quote unquote fail. And I know that I've been in doctor's office just knowing my intuition is like, no, this is the way. And they're like, no, don't do that. And then I'm like, okay, well, you're the expert. And then I don't listen. And then every time I've been proven right, right? like I should have mm -hmm. followed my intuition and that inner strength. And that's something that um, is developed and should really be developed through childhood. But a lot of us just didn't learn that aspect of right. tapping into your intuition, your self-belief, and standing strong in that because I think in all your three pillars that will just help you be magnified right really stand Absolutely. firm in those areas yeah 100%. yeah well I'm so excited that you came on and shared your story and your journey and your wisdom I think you're such a shining light in the sense that you know you you were given a pretty you know awful card to say sit down and wait and instead of just sitting in the corner you really flourished and have made such an amazing you know inspiration from your own life and then building a community for other women to um do the same so thank you for that of course thank you and thanks yeah. for allowing the space and anybody is more than welcome to join us over at mamas in training for more community or support um it's yeah tell our listeners where they can find where you're at mostly yeah, um, I, all over in terms of the podcast itself, you can find Mamas in Training everywhere. Um, that's M-A-M-A-S. Um, but in terms of getting in touch or connecting, you can find our community on Facebook, Mamas in Training. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mamas in Training Pod, P-O-D. Uh, I personally am also on TikTok trying to emulate <laughs> you um, uh, with my just my have fun name. just exactly. have fun <laughs> um, that's my personal name at Jessica Lorian but yeah anywhere I'd love to connect with everybody and support you no matter where you're at in your journey yeah well all that will be down in the show notes for easy um, connection and yeah thank you once again for being here thanks lady it's a pleasure Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.